looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 1 to 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 1 to 7. And that was our introduction to discovering our spiritual gifts. We begun this topic on what are spiritual gifts mentioned in the New Testament. How is it that you can you and I can discover our gifts? and how is it that the church should be involved in you and me using our spiritual gifts that was in april the post april you and i have been going in detail and studying the four new testament passages that talks about spiritual gifts and i'm sure you remember it can we all say that together it is romans chapter 12 1 corinthians chapter 12 ephesians 4 and 1 peter 4 we had looked at all of these passages except for first peter 4 i'll explain why and in all of these passages we had looked at the new testament teachings regarding spiritual gifts for example if i were to just be as quick as i can in the book of romans chapter 12 we looked at the gift of encouragement giving leadership mercy prophecy serving and teaching and in first corinthians chapter 12 if you remember we had spoken about how god had given certain gifts which was necessary for the birth of the church but is not as important or necessary today and therefore we didn't look at those gifts but we had understood what the prominent gifts that was given to the church in ephesians 4 we spoke about apostleship pastors teaching we spoke in detail about evangelism that was what i spoke the last time Now we didn't look in detail at 1 Peter chapter 4 because these two gifts are repeated over and over again that's why I didn't repeat it Our passage for today is 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Nathan read for us verses 12 all the way to verse 26 And my topic for this morning is that we are the body of Christ We are the body of Christ Now there are three important principles that I would like to draw to our attention from this passage 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 12 all the way to verse 26 three important things that apostle Paul talks about when he describes the church as being part of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ what does it mean when it says that the what the, the, the church the bride of Christ is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ there are three things that I would like to bring to our attention and i hope that each of us would sit with a prayerful attitude and listen to what god has to speak to each and every one of us number 1 let me be very quick as i can the church like a human body is a unit the church like a human body is a unit you will see that in chapter 12 verses 12 all the way to verse 13 these verses were read so i'm not going to read that again but the church as a human body is like a unit Now the human body is a complex creation of God different parts fulfilling different functions and yet they are combined together so perfectly it runs smoothly without any difficulty you get that well that's what a human body is it is God's complex creation and therefore it's very difficult for you and for me to understand that you know nothing quite thrills your heart like watching the scan of your baby and you see this small being growing developing hands legs eyes you feel it you see it moving in the scan and and experiencing the heartbeat nothing quite thrills any human heart like that 
you know if, just think of a fetus that was born and a, a fetus that was conceived and it's 13 weeks old today today 13 weeks later is when god puts fingerprints on that fetus on that baby imagine and that is the god's complex creation and when god begins to draw fingerprints on that baby it's a distinct fingerprint that nobody else in this world has it's unique to you and that's god's beautiful creation but no wonder the psalmist on appreciating human life in psalm 139 he says i praise you because i am fearfully and wonderfully made your works are therefore wonderful i know that full well you know now the church is also a complex creation of god and verses 12 if you look at first corinthians chapter 12 verses 12 says we are a unit even though you and i make up different parts of this body of the lord jesus christ let me explain it in this way you and i are so different from each other genetically and yet those differences do not matter when it comes to the lord jesus christ who makes you and me one You know brothers and sisters when you become part of Calvary Bible fellowship when you and I become the part of the church Christ is the one who makes us one Now listen to me carefully when this portion of scripture says that the church is a unit I also believe that it signifies that we are united the word unit I believe also talks about the fact that you and I are united and that is the only possible work of the holy spirit that works in the life of born again believers look at verse 13 look at what it says in verse 13 for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body whether jews or greek slave or free and we are all given the one spirit to drink you know verse 13 talks about how salvation is made available for everyone whether you are a jew or a greek your nationality your ethnicity your language it doesn't matter whether you are slave or you are free it talks about your present state of life that also doesn't matter only if you choose to believe only if you choose to believe if you choose to believe that you are born without god and therefore a sinner that you are in desperate need of a savior a sinner in need of a savior is the heart cry of humanity today you know at the time of salvation those who genuinely believe in the lord jesus christ are baptized by the holy spirit and it is he the holy spirit who unites these sinners saved by grace and he makes them one they become a unit they become a part of the church and that is what i believe apostle paul is saying in verses 12 and in verse 13 the act of salvation is god's work alone and that is why apostle paul uses this analogy saying that you need to drink of him you need to drink of him now that's a beautiful illustration Remember how in the gospel of John chapter 4 and verses 14 Jesus himself says but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst indeed the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life Now let me just paint a picture for you On a hot and humid day when you feel so parched and thirsty It is possible for you to drink Pepsi or Coca-Cola or even drink lime juice but nothing so quenches your thirst like a cool 
water poured into a glass. You get what I'm trying to say? When nothing quite quenches your thirst like a glass of water. And that's because the human body craves water. It was never created for Pepsi. It was never created for Coke. It was never created for anything else but for water. Nothing else can quite satisfy human thirst like water. And that is the same thing with the human soul. You know the void that is created in a human soul in every person because of sin and the consequences of sin can only be filled by the Lord Jesus himself and his work on the cross of Calvary. And maybe there might be somebody sitting here listening to me and you might be feeling thirsty today. Well, if you are feeling thirsty, my desire is that you would come to the Lord Jesus and your desire to pursue meaning to your existence will be quenched by drinking of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what the Lord Jesus Christ himself said in the Gospel of John chapter 7 and verse 37. He said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and let him drink. Let him come to me and allow me to become a part of his life so that that void is filled, so that the consequence of sin is removed, so that by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you will be saved from your sin. You will become a part of the church. You will become a unit of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what I believe what Apostle Paul begins by saying, the body is a unit. Is there anybody thirsty here today? Is there anybody here who's been drinking different kinds of water? Probably different kinds of drinks. But you don't quite feel satisfied. Well, this is the opportunity that God has created for you. So that you would draw yourself to Him and that you would drink of that water so that you will become a part of the unit of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Jobin, why is that important? Well, if you are not part of the body of Christ, everything that I talk to you right now or that we talk to you every week won't make any sense. The songs that we sing would only be like a fine tune to your ear. The exhortation that's been spoken, the joy that you see in so many people's faces in the church will not be something you experience unless you experience the Lord Jesus personally in your life. That is why Apostle Paul encourages and he says, the church, like a human body, is a unit. Do you feel that you are part of the unit of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ? Number two. Well, not only is the church like, the, like a human body a unit, but number two, Apostle Paul says that the church like a human body has many, many parts. The church like a human body has many, many parts. Look in your Bibles. Look at verses 14 all the, verse, all the way to up to verse 20. Now, if you notice, quite a few times, Apostle Paul uses this recurring phrase. The body is made up of many parts. The body is made up of many parts. Now, listen to me. In the same way, the church is also made up of differently abled believers. That means believers with different kinds of spiritual gifts. You and I, all of us sitting here, don't have the same kind of gift. You and I all have different kinds of gifts. And the idea that Apostle Paul is giving that different body parts are needed to make a body a unit. 
And therefore in the church, differently abled brothers and sisters are needed so that you and I can function as a unit giving glory and honor to God. Now look at the examples that is given in verses 14 onwards. In the human body, that's why Apostle Paul says, the foot cannot feel more important than the hand. It cannot. The foot cannot look at the hand and say, I don't need you. But not only that, the eye does not have to feel less significant than the ears. Look at those two things. One cannot feel more important and therefore, one body part does not need to feel less significant. Well, that's not possible. The human body is made up of organs of hearing and of smell. But not just of organs of hearing and of smell. Now in the same way, brothers and sisters, Apostle Paul says we should never use our spiritual gifts to either look up on ourselves or to look down on somebody else. Is the idea that Apostle Paul is giving here. You know, I was just thinking that when I'm standing here, my gift of teaching should not allow me to think great about myself. Rather, I should fight the temptation to think that John Paul's gift of serving is not as great as my gift. Even though many a times I would be here in the front much more than John Paul. So my spiritual gift should never think that I am greater than him or rather it should not make him feel less significant in Calvary Bible Fellowship. Well, that's not how the church actually functions. Because I can confess standing here that there are so many things that John Paul can do and he continues to do that I could actually never do. And that's how God has blessed the church. And also one thing that I want to encourage each and every one of us is just because your spiritual gift does not necessarily bring you out into the front or the limelight, it should not make you feel less important in God's holy church. Different parts are needed, so that is what makes up a body. It becomes complete God has placed you here with that spiritual gift so that CBF, therefore, with your gift, your enablement, your exercise of that gift, it then only becomes complete. We should learn to make the best use of each other's gift and that is how you and I will help each other to grow. That means you and I should help each other discover our spiritual gift and that is how you and I will help each other to grow. Now, how can we do that? Now listen to me as I explain that. How can you and I discover each other's gift? Well, as simple as I can put it, we should have the mind of Christ. We should put on the mind of Christ. Because in my flesh, let me be as <coughs> honest as I can, many times I would like to be shown much more important than anybody and everybody else. That's true. Many times I would like to be known more than anybody else. Many times I would do things so that others would know that Jobin is the superstar. Not necessarily me encouraging somebody else. It's not possible with our human flesh. And therefore, you and I need to put on the mind of Christ. Now, what I mean is that you and I should start thinking of ways and means to encourage each other to display and help them develop their spiritual gifts. Now listen to this point. That also means that I will learn to highlight somebody else's gift which might not be prominent while I exhibit my own gift. You get what I'm trying to say? I'll say that again. Highlight somebody else's gift 
which might not be prominent while I exercise my own. We know that very well, a very good example in Philippians chapter 2 and verses 3 to 4. I'll just read it, it's there on your screen. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility... Value others above yourselves, not looking at your own interest, but each to you and to the interest of others. That is what you and I should actually be doing. Pursuing other people's gifts that might not be prominent and also exhibiting, encouraging them to discover and use their gifts. Well, that is what it means when it says that the church, like a human body, has various body parts. Now, if you were to notice 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 18, let us never forget who gave us these abilities. It was never me. It was never anybody else in church. But it was God himself. Now, you look at that picture that best portrays what God is trying to do in the church today. God is the one who carefully, that's what verse 18 says, He carefully distributes these gifts amongst us according to His will. And his purpose. Because he knows how Liju can best use his gift. That Steve can best use his gift. That Kevin, that Joash can what way they can best use their gift. And it is in accordance to his will and his purpose. And therefore the use of our spiritual gift should actually create unity amongst us. Right? Because if I'm standing here and if I'm only trying to highlight my gift, well, I'm causing disunity in the church. I'm not promoting unity. If there are people amongst us, and if you and I fall into that sin where many times you and I like to take the limelight, then there is a serious problem. But while you and I exhibit our own gifts, let's understand that the church, like the human body, is made up of various body parts. And you and I need to begin that those body, that those body parts are important for us to become one, a unit, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what God has so amazingly distributed it, according to His will, His purpose, so that when you and I exhibit those spiritual gifts, it is in alone for God's glory. So the church like a human body is a unit. Verses 12 to 13. The church like a human body has various body parts. That is verses 14 to 20. And number 3. Listen to me. The church like a human body needs to be dependable to fulfill its role. Verses 21 all the way to verse 26. The church, like a human body, needs to be dependable on each other to fulfill its role. Now listen to me as I explain this. Now it's not just about feeling important. It's not just about overcoming a sense of inadequacy. But it is actually about mutual dependence. Right? <laughs> imagine, imagine we had an itch somewhere at the back of our heads and we didn't have a hand to, to scratch that itch. Imagine, I know some of you might be, smart people might be thinking, well, I can scratch my head against the wall. Well, that's not how God created us. But that's the same thing about a human body. The church, like a human body, needs to be dependable on each other. You know, as simple as I can put it, I need you to fulfill my role in church today. And whether you like it or not, you need me 
to fulfill your role in church today. That's mutual dependence. You and I need to learn to live with each other. Work with each other. Irritate each other. Overcome those things. And then make the best use of each other for God's glory. It's a mutual dependence. That's what the word of God says. You know, the eye needs the hand and the head needs the feet. That's what the example that is given by Apostle Paul. Well, if that was not the case, our sense of direction and our, our decision making would be very difficult. Imagine a body that had no eyes. Imagine a body that had no hands. Imagine a church that did not have bivin. Devin. Well, we would lose or you and I should feel that way that we begin to lose our sense of direction. Because we are mutually dependent on each other to use our spiritual gifts. Let me just read verses 22 and 23 for our benefit. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. You know, Apostle Paul talks about the weaker, verse 22. The less honorable, verse 23. And the unpresentable, verse 23, as those spiritual gifts that you and I, as human beings, would necessarily not consider important, prominent or great. You get what I'm trying to say? Can you shake your head? I'll just say that again. When Apostle Paul talks about the weaker, the less honorable, the unpresentable, he's talking about those spiritual gifts that as human beings, you and I might not consider important, great or prominent. I'll give you an example. It's been a joy to be part of this church in so many ways. And one way is to be part of the weddings that happens in Calvary Bible Fellowship. And the church as a whole is involved in those weddings. But let's be honest. Who is usually the ones in prominence for the wedding? Other than the bride and the bridegroom. It's the MC at the wedding. Correct? The one who gives the word at the wedding. Everybody sees that person. And the one who solemnizes. And we might not think much about the set of people who stand at the door and welcome the people in. I'm sure the guy who's speaking the sermon might not probably be good at doing that. But that's a gift. The gift of serving. Think of the sisters and the brothers who help in decorations. I could never do that. I would never be able to do such a thing. But praise God that we have people like that. Think of our brothers and our sisters who are good at taking photos. Well, that's something that God has added to the church. But for you and for me, that is less desirable. And that's why usually when a wedding finishes, when we come back home, we often only talk about the sermon, and the service. Right? Do any of us usually talk and say, Wow, did you see the decoration that had come from that ceiling there? Wasn't it beautiful? We usually don't say that, do we? Did you see the way the hall was arranged? Praise God for a setup team that we have. Do you and I think that we, when we come here on a Sunday, that from heaven the gates open and the chairs automatically fall into order here? No, it doesn't happen. Isn't that the reason why you and I many times don't even bother that after worship you and I also go and we somehow expect the chairs to be set up? No. Did this table appear just like that? If there is a drop that falls on this cloth, there is somebody who takes it home and washes it. Did you know that? And brings it every week. But according to you and to me, that is less honorable. 
less presentable, not as important. But imagine, if God had not given us those brothers and sisters who week on week, without being known, without being told, do that job for the glory of God. Well, that's what it means. That you and I must learn to be dependable on each other. Learn to be dependable on each other. Learn to use each other's gifts in a way to highlight that person. The gifts that we think are not prominent. That there are other gifts like the gifts of giving. Like the gifts of encouragement. Like the gifts of mercy. That some of us might lack. Let us thank and praise God and learn to highlight those other important gifts. That you and I might consider to be like the weakest members in our church. You know, it is a well-known fact that the great world-renowned preacher Billy Graham, who was mightily used by God to boldly share the gospel to so many people, he always had a prayer team continually upholding him into the presence of God. And look at how the Lord together with the prayer team touched the lives of millions and millions of people. You know, I want to be so honest as to say that there are so many who are in the front here today only because of those who work tirelessly in the background that you and I might not actually be aware of. You guys agree? Well, I think so. There are so many of us who are able to stand here and do this because of so many other gifted brothers and sisters who work tirelessly At the background. I might not even know it. You might not be aware. We might never bring it into prominence in the front. We might never even talk about it. But that is what you and I should actually be doing. So this is what I want to encourage us to do. You look at verse 24. This is what I want us to actually be doing. What it says in verse 24 is to give greater attention. Let us learn to give greater attention. Let us make it a point to highlight gifts that are not normally prominent. If somebody has a gift that is not normally prominent, let's you and I make it an effort to give greater attention to that gift. Let's be vocal about it. Let's talk to each other. Let's encourage each other about somebody else's gift of mercy, somebody else's gift of giving that has helped us in the most utmost time of need. That is how you and I will give greater attention. Let's make it a big deal, guys. Let's talk about it to each other. And say, you know that brother's gift of faith that he displays, that she displays through prayer? I know more than anybody else that I'm standing here by the grace of God because that brother, I know for a fact, that sister prays for me by faith and God blesses me because of that. Let's make a big deal. Let's give attention to those gifts that are not very much prominent. Number two, verse 25. Look at verse 25. Mutual concern. Now listen, this is an area I think that you and I need to work on a lot more. Let's become interested in those believers who don't seem to exercise their spiritual gifts or exhibit their spiritual gifts. Let's have a mutual concern. Let's spend more time with them, help them discover their gifts and also Create opportunities to use their gifts. That's mutual concern. You know, that's one thing that I like about our leadership in the church. Not just our elders, but our deacons and a lot of other leaders here. 
when you walk up to them with an idea the first thing that they usually say is that's a great idea why don't you do something about it right why don't you do something about it and i will back you up well, that's mutual concern i see an area that this is where you could be involved in your spiritual gifts why don't you do something about it let's sit together you give me your ideas and i want to create an opportunity for you to use your gift well that's mutual concern some of you see me standing at the door when the worship gets done well i only do that because when i first came to calvary bible fellowship there was a sister here who did that for me the first time i came to church she stopped me and asked me what is my name and she welcomed me to the church and i felt very welcomed and she said i'm so happy to see you here in calvary bible fellowship and because she did that for me and the mutual concern that she had encourages me to do that because i feel nobody should feel left out when they walk into church today let's make a big deal about it that somebody is doing something like this for the glory of god let's encourage them to exercise those gifts number 1 give greater attention number 2 give or show mutual concern and number 3 adequate rejoicing that is the verse that we read in verse 16 if one part suffers every part suffers with it which one part is honored every part rejoices with it brothers and sisters you and i need to learn a lot more into being appreciative when somebody encourages us because of something that god has enabled us to do let's not put self righteousness oh no 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 oh no no it's okay for us to give praise and glory to god for what god has allowed us to do you get what i'm trying to say let's rejoice together when somebody recognizes what god has been doing through me let's not hinder people from acknowledging god's ability being displayed through god's people in god's church for god's glory alone you know a simple thank you and praise be to god is good let's rejoice together when a gift is recognized when it is encouraged let's rejoice take it and give it to god the glory that actually belongs to him but they let it also bother us when we find out that there are much more who can be encouraged to do it but are being very quiet you know through giving greater attention and through mutual concern and through adequate rejoicing you and i as a church just like a human body will know what it means to be dependable on each other to fulfill god's role in the church as i said to you earlier I need you and you need me. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Now listen to me as I explain this. You know it actually becomes possible for anybody to be a part of a church and yet not be a part of it. You understand what I'm trying to say? It's possible for you to be a part of a church and yet not be part of the church. You know a body part becomes important to the body only when it has life. It is alive and it is functioning well. Imagine a body part that is dead will it creates difficulty, discomfort and danger to the body. The only way for any brother, any sister 
to feel part of Calvary Bible Fellowship, to become part of the church, is to become born again. To become alive because you are currently dead in your sins. Well, anybody who is dead listening to me right now cannot be part of the church of God. You might be a part, but you are not a part of the church of God. As much as we encourage visitors, we love attendees, and we appreciate those who are regulars, we desire more for changed lives, Christ-likeness, and born-again Christians. So please talk to any one of us today. We would love to help you learn how to become part, an essential part of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you that just like the human body, you have created each and every one of us. It is for your glory and for your honor. We thank and we praise you. We confess and we acknowledge that we who were once sinners, dead body parts have been made alive today so that through you we can become a part of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that we are a unit, that the Holy Spirit unites us. And if there is any of us sitting here who has not yet experienced this, Father, we pray that they would drink of the Holy Spirit into their lives. Father, we pray that you would teach us to be mutually dependent on each other. Father, enable us to understand that we cannot exist without the other person. And even though we are different, enable us to know that we need to learn to coexist as one. Lord, some of us, myself included, fall into the sin of thinking that we are much more important than we ought to be. And therefore, Lord, humble our hearts and teach us to look at the other gifts that we might not consider to be that important that prominent. Enable us, teach us to make a big deal out of it, Father. Because you have given each gift to each person according to your will to the best of their abilities. And thank you, Father, that through your Son there is eternal life that we enjoy. Father, our desire is that you would come and we acknowledge that today could be that day that you are to come. And if you are to come today, what a joy it would be for us, the bride, to see the bridegroom face to face. But Lord, if you choose to tarry for whatever reasons, we pray that you would allow us to live a life that is worth pleasing unto you. Take all the glory, honor, majesty and authority because it belongs to you and no one else. And accept our praise and our worship as we offer it through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ.